Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the laughter. <laughs> the heroes. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go Ghostbusters. And the honesty. What's up, Norm? My nipples. It's freezing out there. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And Brad in L.A. And today we return to Christmas songs from before the 80s. Yay! Hello, Bedford Falls! <laughs> no, not that far back. But we are going to do Christmas songs from the late 70s. That's Stuck in the Ease is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and the Spears Media Mobile app. Huh? No, the CLNS Media Mobile app. Just checking to see if anyone's listening. And don't forget to listen to our podcast at the CLNS Media website. You can find it at clnsmedia.com. As always, we plead, please, if you love our show, share the links on social media. And don't forget to like our page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Hey, 80s Nation, it's the holidays again, so we're faced with the same annual challenge. How do we cover the season in Stuck in the 80s style? Yeah, Steve, let's be honest. We've done pretty much every holiday song recorded, and I don't think there are any stones left to turn there. We've pretty much gone through all the good movies as well. So, in a bolt of inspiration, we thought, let's turn the clock hands back a little further than usual and talk about holiday music from the late 70s. Yeah, it's sort of like we did for our number two Close But No Cigar series of songs where we picked songs from, I think it was 1976 and went forward. Mm -hmm. So, today we've picked five songs from 1975 going forward to 1979, and we'll play them, we'll remind you how they came about, and we'll just have a little bit of fun. And if you have songs from that era you want us to cover for a possible part two, either this year or next, just email them to us at podcast at sit80s.com. So as we sit here, it's it's the week after Thanksgiving. So I'm curious because Brad and I haven't talked to that much lately because holidays were busy, such, and you have a full family. And But uh, what what did you do for the holidays? Uh, you know, it was a pretty low-key affair. Last year we had, I don't know, probably a dozen people at my house for Thanksgiving. And this year it was just Katie and I and our daughter who came home for the break. And it was great. I, we cooked some steaks. We had our, our Thanksgiving dinner was steak, baked potato, and green beans. You said, I remember you sent me a photo and I, I couldn't really make out what it was. I, it looked like steak. And I should have known it was steak. But I, I didn't want to like... You know, you're like, what is that strange Mock. brown mass? Yeah, yeah. Now, Katie um, bought us some fillets. You know, some really nice steaks. They were fantastic. It yeah, that's so much easier. It's so much less dishes. It's less cooking. It's less cleaning. So it's just more time to enjoy refreshing beverages and hang out with my daughter, who I hadn't seen. Yeah, I guess I saw her not too long ago, but she hadn't been home since summer for just a yeah. weekend. 
What did you do? The girlfriend and I were not together. She was visiting her family. I was visiting my family. And our, ours is more of a traditional feast, though I always okay. try to put like a southern spin on it. So I brought collard greens seasoned with smoked turkey wings. And I, I made about 10 gallons of it. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Holy crap. That's a lot of greens, well, my Well, for some reason, like the, the, the shredded collard greens here come in like these gigantic monster-sized bags. So... If you're gonna make, maybe it, you should put it, it in smoothies. Yeah, so I made that, but my family has this. It was, I think, there was only like six of us at our family dinner, and I think it's more of a northern tradition. I mean, check okay. me if I'm wrong, uh, Stuckinese fans up north. But it's that green Jello salad that they make. That's not but, a northern tradition. That's a '60s tradition, Steve. Okay, well there you go. Well, they still make it, and you know, I think it's. Lime Jello with Cool Whip in it, and like nuts and berries and grapes and stuff. Oh my gosh, that's I, funny! I, I can't stomach it. I I mock it without mercy every year, yeah. and I I think I took a photo of it and it, I sent it to the girlfriend, and she agreed it was a crime against humanity, and so nobody nobody touched it. But that that was it for me with Thanksgiving. I mean, I, I sat around and watched football, and then yeah. and then did all the chores that a, a, a son has to do for the mom. Yeah, you know. So run the virus scan and run the virus scan. Change the uh, batteries in the smoke detectors. <laughs> the whole nine yards. Was, <laughs> the it usual. Was, it got me thinking, and that's when I think we came up with this idea for this show. It was just like, well, what was what were the holiday seasons like when we were, you know, young and impressionable, pre eighties. You know, yeah, still impressionable. And, I, and the thing that always comes to my mind is, my parents played a lot of Christmas music, but it was always the same. Record. It was a Perry Como Christmas. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Everywhere you go, take a look in the five and ten. Listening once again with candy canes and silver lanes aglow. Perry Como to me is a punchline now. That's really funny. I, well, as I'm sure you can imagine, at my house it was a lot of religious. Uh, and symphonic stuff for the Christmas. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of Handel's Messiah and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, I didn't really listen to popular Christmas music until really later in the eighties when I had, you know, more control over my listening environment. Yeah. But you came from a family of musicians. They didn't require you to, uh, pull out the oboe and start playing, uh, not at home. No, not at home. Although to be honest, like the month of December was always just this mad rush of concerts. Like every group you were in in December had a couple of concerts. And so it seemed like every night of the week, at least two people in my family had a rehearsal they had to be at or a performance they had to be at. I mean, the month was just, it was bananas. By the time we got to Christmas, it's just like, oh, fine. I don't care if you gave me anything, if I could just sleep until seven o'clock in the morning tomorrow. It's funny. I've grown to be fond of some of that periods uh christmas music mainly more through my uh my father-in-law like he loved herb alpert the tijuana brass <laughs> and through that i got really connected to the herb alpert tijuana brass christmas album i love that album it's so great i don't think we had that i know my parents loved that artist but i don't think we had mm-hmm. it was perry como or nothing at all and, oh i take that back because in the late seventies, I was forced to. Did your family had have, have an organ in the house? You know, like the. Uh... No, my mom had a piano. Oh, she lucky taught piano dog. lessons. So yeah, she had a nice upright piano. But oh, that, I would have given anything for that. We had 
tr- the traditional like pizza parlor organ, <laughs> like the ham and fun machine. Yes, with the- yes. And my my dad used to play it, and for some okay. reason, I made the mistake of a lifetime one weekend. It started dinking around with it, and then like we should. How would you think? How would you feel about organ lessons, Steve? And I'm like, oh, that sounds great. And the next thing I know, I think for the next five years of my life, I had to do weekly organ lessons. And we had this guy, Professor so Dubas. Professor Dubas would come to the house. <laughs> and Professor Dubas was a professor of what? I don't know. <laughs> Psychology and parapsychology? He was, he was an old, an elderly man who moved very slow and he smoked a pipe. And every year Perfect. for Christmas, my mom would give me like a big container of pipe tobacco wrapped up that I would give to Professor Dubas as our <laughs> holiday gift. And he would smoke oh, it. that's funny. While I played. It, it, in the house? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, 70s. this was... It was that, the 70s. Yeah, my parents still smoked in the, at that time. And so I'd be playing God Rest You Merry Gentlemen, dun, 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 which is one of the harder Christmas songs to play. And um, Professor Dubas would be just smoking away. Just and, puffing away. Uh, <sighs> that's a sharp there. Uh, push the black button next to the white button. <laughs> the lesson learned, maybe Perry Como wasn't so bad after all. So here's the deal. We got five songs from the, the late 70s that we're going to play. Most of these we've heard. There's one song that we haven't heard, that I didn't hear. I don't know. I fine. hadn't heard at least one yeah. of these. Yeah. And but, it's f- amazing. Oh, my it's, gosh. It's my Stick favorite. around for it. Stick yeah. around. Uh, but we'll get things started with this one. This is This is one that everyone probably knows all too well. From 1978, it's the Eagles with Please Come Home for Christmas. probably thinking to yourself you've heard this song before the eagles did it in 1978 and you would be correct please come over christmas was actually released in 1960 by uh, charles brown not charlie brown charles brown and it was a not a chart topper but it, it climbed the charts in december 1961 and again in 1972 it's been covered by just about everybody on the planet Sure. But, I mean, yeah. it's it's become a classic, really. Right. But in 1978, the Eagles did it. They released it as a holiday single, and theirs actually climbed all the way to number 18, making it, I think, the first Christmas song to reach the top 20 since uh, Roy Orbison did it in 1963 with the song Pretty Paper. So there you go. Huh. I'm not familiar with that particular Christmas <laughs> gem. I'll have a, to go listen to Stuck in the 60s for that one. Professor Dubas did not teach me any Roy Orbison, sadly. The only other thing I know about this song is that they changed the lyrics. The original version refers to the glad, glad news that it's Christmas. In the Eagles version, it's the sad, sad news that it's Christmas. So there you go. Oh, so the Spearsy rewrite. <laughs> yeah. What's your take on... Christmas songs that are like just covering a classic versus composing an original. Ooh. Um, well, I mean, I think that if you want it to get played, you probably cover something. 
because it's a lot harder to write something original that people are going to hop on board with. Um, that said, I think every era has its songs that become classics. You know, Last Christmas jumps to mind. I'm sure some people are running screaming from the podcast at this point, but you can't deny that that's become a classic. It's been covered by, you know, Taylor Swift and God and everyone. Sure. Uh, but I like it when bands, you know, take an old song and do a version of it like that. And I like I, the Eagles version of this song. Let me give you one that is also going to uh, leave a mark on the podcast. <laughs> Steve, this is, I think I can say without too much hesitation that this is the novelty song for this, this show. Oh, yeah, for sure. Love it or hate it, it's Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer by Elmo and Patsy. She'd been drinking too much eggnog And we begged her not to go But she forgot her medication And she staggered out the door into the snow When we found her Christmas morning At the scene of the attack She had hoof prints on her forehead and incriminating claws marks on her back Grandma got run over by a reindeer Walking home from our house Christmas Eve You can say there's no such thing as Santa But as for me and Grandpa, we believe Oh, wow. I seriously, like, full disclosure, I would have sworn this was a late 80s song because I don't think I heard it until the late 80s. I don't, I don't know if it got traction later in, you know, if it just kind of was below the radar. I was listening to the right radio stations and that I never heard it. But, yeah, this was originally performed by the husband and wife duo of Elmo and Patsy Trigg Shropshire in 1979. Wow. It's written by Randy Brooks, and he says that he played the song while sitting in with them the Hyatt Lake Tahoe in December 1978. And after the show, they had him make a tape of the song so that they could learn it. A year later, they were selling 45s of the song from the stage, just like the Wonders. <laughs> you mean the Oneaters? Just like the Wonders out of Villapianos, out by the airport. <laughs> yeah. And Elmo himself is on the cover of the album in drag as Grandma. When I listened to this song again recently, I thought I would be cringing my way the entire way through it. But I actually, I, I don't know if it's just the season and the fact that the temperatures now in Florida are below 50 degrees, but I, I kind of enjoyed it in a, in a weird, twisted sort of way. I think it's a once a decade kind of thing. You probably don't need to hear it again until 2029. <laughs> I can only imagine how hell, hellish it's going to be editing this show together and having to listen to that song over and over again about five times till I get the spot just right in the show. Mm. There are a couple independent surveys done of radio listeners about songs, Christmas songs that they like and Christmas songs they dislike. And both of these two surveys that we saw, the results showed that only one song was at the top of both liked and disliked lists. And that's – what could it be, Steve? Uh, sadly, it's this one. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Yeah. I saw that factoid, and so I ran a Twitter poll on okay. on our Twitter account. The question was, what's your take on Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer? Is it either a holiday classic or a Kill Me Now song? Um, <laughs> and it went, it went back and forth, and the last time I checked it, 55% only uh, – it's pretty, it's pretty even, but 55% said Kill Me Now. 
Not a not a ringing endorsement, but a win. That's a yeah. win or a loss. <laughs> it's a loss. It's a win. It's a loss. We're all losers here on Stuck in the Eighties. I think that goes without saying. Not this next song, though. Uh, Bruce Springsteen had had his mojo working in 1978 when he recorded the live version of this song. So obviously that's Santa Claus is coming to town. I, I remember this getting a lot of radio play in the eighties, yeah, especially much this time so. of year. Yeah, I guess it was recorded live at CW Post College in Brookville, New York. Okay, and as much as I know about New York these days, I know nothing about Brookville, New York. Recorded in seventy five, and it's obviously a cover of a song from way back in nineteen thirty four. It's been recorded yeah. by more than 200 artists, including uh, Mariah Carey, Neil Diamond, Frank Sinatra, Chris Isaac, uh, the Jackson Five. It's the name of a great Christmas special. <laughs> Did you you obviously watched those growing up, right? All the claymation, all the all the oh, all the yeah, the year without Santa Claus. Santa Claus is coming to town is my favorite because it includes the immortal line, "I'm not such a loser after all," from the Winter Warlock. <laughs> it's <think> brilliant. <laughs> I don't remember that. I think that we should put that spring- as a tagline on our t-shirts. When, though. <laughs> <laughs> when he springs everybody out of jail with the the magic feed corn that makes the reindeer fly, they're flying away, and he looks into the camera and says, "Oh, I'm not such a loser after all." <laughs> it's amazing. A dream Great of the day. I get in to- holiday specials. Uh, I love that. But uh, yeah, so this was this was a big deal, and I, I do. I, will I listen to it when it comes on? Sure, you know it's. I have to say, this was on so much. I kind of assumed it was on a very special Christmas, and I'm like, how did Springsteen get two songs on very special Christmas? I don't know. He didn't. You know, this is late '70s. But I, yeah, I you know, you just yeah. it was on so much. I just assumed that it was from that album, which we did a show on like right after I joined the show. Please don't go back and listen to it. I'm sure it's terrifying. <laughs> oh, that's right, because you, when I changed jobs, it was in the fall of 2012. Right. We started with a 80s News Now just to kind of get our bearings, kinda I think. Ease Brad into it. And then the next show was a very special Christmas. Yeah, yeah, I remember it's that. It's like 277, <laughs> maybe? Oh, no, it's got, well, maybe. I remember... Uh, I I remember my first show was 276, so. <laughs> I remember. It was, it was like five houses ago for me because I've moved so many times since then. I remember sitting up like on the third story looking out over this nature preserve, living by myself for the, you know, and just being all alone in this town that I just couldn't stand and re- recording a show about Christmas music in the 80s. With and, some weird dude that could barely talk. <laughs> no, you were great. You were fine. Uh, it, it, it was episode 277 from <laughs> December 16th, 2012. Yeah, go back and look at our December shows. We've done them all. I'm kind of um, terrified to listen to that, but I think I might download <laughs> it for the drive home. <laughs> oh, jeez. I have a hard time listening to some of our older shows, especially anything in the first 50. Yeah, I don't like to go back and listen to myself those first few shows, but yeah. that's just me. I'm just self-conscious. I used to be real crazy about always having to re-listen to the 
to old shows and trying to learn something from them, but I just don't anymore. I, I kind of move on. <laughs> yeah, what I've learned is I was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, it takes a while, you know. It's only taking me 530, but I'm starting to get the hang of it. Yeah, um, it's coming together. So our next song is the big song that we discovered this week for the first time. And I think maybe I've heard this once back in the day, and it just didn't land for lack yeah. of a better term. Yeah, I wouldn't have really known this was a Christmas song until we started talking about it. Right. And even when I ha- I even had to do a little research cuz I'm like, well, just be cuz the title doesn't necessarily give it away and but then once I well, anyway, we're we're, we're dragging this out forever. Here it is. This is from Christa Berg in 1975 and it's called A Spaceman Came Traveling. Then the stranger spoke said do not fear I come from a planet a long way from here and I bring a message for mankind to hear suddenly the sweetest music just sounds funny even if a spaceman came traveling a song by chris de berg it was from him in 1975 it was released as a single as so many christmas songs are not much of a success at first eventually started to climb the irish single charts of course yeah that's where all the action is yeah but i guess what happened was in 1986 after chris de berg you know, really hit the high time with uh, the lady in red. This song was reissued, and then uh, it started to like get some traction. Okay, I highly recommend if you've not heard this song before, go find it on YouTube. It doesn't have its own video or anything, but play the song and then bring up the lyrics in another window and follow along. It is an interesting tale. Like so many songs from the seventies, it's telling a story. It's not just the same words over and over again. But I guess what happens is Christopher was broke in 1975. Who wasn't? Um, Who wasn't? And he was staying in a friend's apartment, and he was reading a book called Chariots of the Gods. What? Seriously? Yeah. And do you, the book- do you remember that book? Oh my gosh! No, oh, I love that stuff. It was this guy, the guy who wrote this book, it was his theory was that like basically uh, we had been visited by extraterrestrials in the distant right. past, and like maybe the Greek gods were actually aliens, right? Which is exactly. just like so. I probably saw this book when I was ten or twelve, and it it messed my brain up. I'm like, <laughs> what? Of oh my is. gosh, is that possible? Sure, it's possible. Whoa, <laughs> man! It was the era of of. You know, close encounter of the third kind. Anything's possible. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. This stuff just uh, it really grabbed my imagination. So Chris is sitting there and he thinks, well, what if the star of Bethlehem was actually a spacecraft, and there was some sort of benevolent oh, yeah. being keeping an eye on the world, and uh, that explains the star of Bethlehem. So go back and listen. I'm to I'm on the song board. 
and it is it is really trippy. And I I must have listened to it since we started working on the show notes for this. I mean, not to pull back did, did the you curtain. Just say it's trippy. It's trippy. <laughs> Are you tripping without your luggage, Steve? <laughs> oh man, can you use that one? The uh, I I played it like three or four times today, just on rotation, just voom voom voom. I just I was really enjoying it. Plus, it's a great alternative to actually working. But it is uh, <laughs> super groovy too. Oh, it is super groovy. So, it's but no, listen don't to pay it. the ferryman. It is so of its time. You just really have to tip your cap to the benevolent sp- space being that. Uh, Gave us our <laughs> this this amazing story. So, so really, I, I can't. I, there's no song in this list that I, I recommend higher than "Spaceman Came Traveling." Except, I'm sure Brad will say possibly this next one. Uh, well, this last one is maybe a little bit more, a bit of a return to a more traditional uh, Christmassy feel. No, no extraterrestrials were harmed in the making of this next song, which is Kenny Loggins' "Celebrate Me Home." think i thought of this as a christmas song necessarily until again we started doing some digging on this and it does start with the phrase home for the holidays which i'm assuming he's not talking about labor day (laughs) Uh, you know i know you and i try not to do this when i'm here i'm gonna do it this is a great song this is just some fantastic songwriting and singing from kenny loggins he's a master he's just a master oh yeah this is from his 1977 debut solo album of the same name celebrate me home i know we've we've kind of pledged not to to bring up the 80s cruise so much anymore because it's it's sold out for 2020 and and i know that people who aren't going really don't want to hear about it but this year 2019 kenny loggins was the i guess the headliner and he performed early in the week i believe and he takes Celebrate Me Home and turns it into about a 12-minute long song. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it, you just you just want it to go for 20. It just Right. He does such a nice job with it. The crowd sings along to it. Everyone's really into it. Now, now maybe, maybe a little less so on the 80s cruise because we're probably maybe 10 years younger than probably the fans of this song would have been. I think that's safe sure. to say. But we've heard it. We know yeah, it. sure. Especially after it's done it for twelve minutes, song. you can at least come in on the chorus. <laughs> yeah, it was great though. It was, it, you know, he's 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 fantastic at to see. If you ever get a chance to see him live, um, if you if you need to take a bathroom break, if you go at the start of the song, you have at least ten or twelve minutes until he gets to his next song. So that's <laughs> one thing to keep in mind. The other thing to keep in mind is, even though it's a holiday show, we still have to make room for the seggies. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for Mystery Movie Moment. We will play a snippet of a movie from the 80s, and if you can get it right, you're entered into the drawing for a stuck-in-the-80s postal-friendly bottle opener. Wow. Get that all out in one take. That's a first. Oh, obviously the diction lessons are paying off. 
<clears throat> I'm drinking this sparkling ice stuff, I think, instead of uh, my normal show beverage. <laughs> so the bubbles to... are helping the words come out? Yeah, I think. It's causing, it's causing me some gastro distress, but my voice sounds lovely. Anyway, pay attention. Here's the clip from the last time we did this seggy. Eight to six minutes. That's what happens in that six minutes. Ah, oh, great quote. And that, of course, is from Vision Quest. Not a lot of people got this one. You know, it's Even funny though you I... name-checked it. You name-checked it in the show. <laughs> yeah, I did. But let's face it. It was, it was a minor character. Not a, a minor derailment. No, it was a minor character. And so maybe some people didn't remember it because it wasn't one of the stars. But Brad knows some of the names of the winners, and he'll repeat them now. I do. Here we go. Winners this week include Jeff and Charity in Richlands, Virginia, Stony Stitt, Dougie Fresh in Frisco, Texas, Nick in Vegas, Jumpin' Joe in Michigan, Alejandro Sticks, Cardoso Solis from Tijuana, Mexico, Kevin Wench, Lou Grilly, wait, Kevin Serving Wench, Lou Sweet Lou Grilly, Mike Wally Walters, Mark Graham, Ken Mooch Milligan, DJ and Clinton, and Kyle in Arkansas, who writes... Thanks for all that you do on your podcast. And remember, it ain't the 35 minutes of your podcast. It's what you do in those 35 minutes. <laughs> Amen, Kyle. Amen. The movie clip is Vision Quest. How Ronnie Cox didn't win an Oscar for that, it's what you do in those six-minute speech, is beyond comprehension. I agree that the soundtrack is an outstanding overlooked soundtrack from the 80s. I would argue Vision Quest and The Lost Boys are two of the best that are often forgotten. My favorite scene from that movie is when Loudon is climbing the pegboard at wrestling practice while John Waite sings Change in the background. I'm picturing like John Waite and his band in the gym <laughs> yeah. playing while he's climbing the pegboard. I did the same thing when I read that, yeah. No, that's not what he meant, but it's a great image. Although I've never climbed a pegboard and I'm now 48 years old, I'm convinced that with John Waite's encouragement, I could do it. And you better believe if I were ever to create an 80s carnival, you can bank on there being a pegboard climbing booth where John Waite plays on a loop all day long. <laughs> Kyle, you paint such a picture. You paint such a picture. Wow. Yeah, I know. So people have been asking, hey, you guys should do a show on, on uh, Vision Quest. We did a long time ago, probably probably one of our first 50 shows. And uh, so if you want to, go back and listen to it. I'll try to try to include a link to it in the show notes. But it, it's so old. I don't know. I, I don't know if I could vouch for it anymore. But in the meantime, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. I took this job because I only had to cook and clean for one person and one dog. Then I get the mother, the lover, his kids, their dog, Miss Fisher. Up with his bullshit, I will not put. I quit. Oh, no, 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 no. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com and tune in soon to find out if you're a winner. Ah, uh, the mystical refrain that is name that 80s tune. Again, you know the drill. We'll play a snippet of a song, blah 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 get something in the mail, everyone's happy. Uh, so pay attention. Here was the clip from the last time we did this. Too hot to handle, too cold to hold. That's On Your Own by Bobby Brown, a.k.a. the theme to Ghostbusters 2. They're in control. Get out Well, I 
Brad, I know you're on the record as hating this movie, but you can't hate this song. Yeah, yeah it's kind of guilty by association. I I don't hate Ghostbusters 2 because it's got Vigo. I, hmm, the scourge is a strong word. I tend to reserve hate for things that I'm actively going to campaign against like with great deal of energy, and I don't usually have a lot of energy for that. So I wouldn't say I hate Ghostbusters 2. I have great disdain for it. I feel like it weakened the franchise and was a cheap and tawdry attempt to recapture that, which was glorious in the first movie. <laughs> You're not but if you put- like it, you know, that's fine. Whatever. All your taste is in your mouth. You're not going to pull that same bullshit line that I pulled from the last show where I say, I don't hate anything. I just don't find a connection to it. No, I just, I honestly, that's something I say. People say, don't you hate that? I'm like, nah, no, I don't. There's not a whole lot of things that I actually hate. I just don't like the word hate as much as anything. Does that make any huh. sense? Yeah, no, I get you. Anyway. I, I don't like to be, I don't like to say that I hate anything either. I, I don't dislike Ghostbusters too. I, it had some really, really? fun moments. <laughs> no, I, I didn't I love the first weak. one as much as everybody else did. So to me, it's okay. not that far. Okay. okay. So let's not, let's not. Let's not turn over those coals again. <laughs> Let's not bicker and argue about who's killed whom. <laughs> yes. Either way, they're all dead. Anyway, read some winners. Winners this week include Peter Ryan, Joseph Perdue, Scott from Minnesota, Nate Chops Johnson, Dr. D in St. Joseph, Missouri, Tommy Doucette in Boston. Hey, Tommy. What's up? Joe from Athens, Scott in Southern Ontario, Dave Augie August, Heather H. from Tennessee, Just Dave, Jeremy in St. Pete, Scott formerly from New Hampshire, now from Massachusetts, Alex Millimeter Peter, Kelly from the Delhi. <laughs> I like that, Kelly. John in Dallas, Dale in Portland, Barney Rebel from Lyndon, Washington, Marie in Bradington, Beth in Tacoma, Dave in Oxford, Richard in England, Brian in Columbus, Tom Corn in Austria, Michael Mockrock Hayes, and Gene and Gilroy. Let's spin a wheel. Let's find out who's getting a bottle opener. Uh. And it looks like it's going to land on... Ah, Kelly from the Deli. You are this week's uh, magical winner. So send us your uh, postal address via email, and we'll get something out to you soon. You're, you're caught up, right, Brad? I am all caught up. That's great. Guys, ready for this week's clip? Here it comes. Pay attention. If you know it, email us at podcast at satds.com, and tune in soon to find out if you're a winner. Hey, that's all we have for today. If you have some favorite holiday songs from the late 70s, I know there's some left because we didn't cover them all. Send them to us via email and we'll cover them for part two. But in the meantime, Brad and I will remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app.